Blog Talk Radio. My allowing others to be who they are in no way prevents me from being who I am. Imagine if everyone in the world could grasp this concept. Tonight on Call Me Crazy, we will discuss the third law of the universe, the law of allowing. So grab a drink and a snack and settle in for two hours of woo-woo. I honestly believe that there's a lot of power in manifesting our life experience. What you think about, you bring about. It sounds kind of crazy. I'll be real honest. The law of attraction is a law of physics. It works whether you believe it's working or know it's working in your life or not. Oftentimes, and I think that this is what happens in our world a lot, is that people, instead of focusing on what they want in their life and what is going to make them happy in their life, they focus on the lack of what they want. They focus on the fact that they don't have what they want. The law of attraction, the law of deliberate creation, the law of allowing. I am that which I am. A changing thing indeed. And while I am that which I am, I am willing to allow all others to be that which they are. There is power in each of us being who we are, sharing our authentic selves, even when we think we're going to get scrutinized, even when we think people might think we're crazy. This is where my hashtag call me crazy came from because I'm okay with that. Because what I live for is my broadcaster, my dreams, my passion. You're sprightly, so you have a great personality. <laughs> Somebody who has a spark is sprightly. That's the law of attraction. How can we love the world into a better place? And that sounds very woo-woo to a lot of folks. And the law of allowing is this idea that my allowing you to be who you are in no way prevents me from being who I am. And the reason that that works is because of the law of attraction. I get that there are going to be people who are like, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> you have lost your damn mind. And that's totally okay. Hello, it is Friday night, and you are listening to Call Me Crazy with Jennifer from Miracle Best and Kristen Casey. We are really excited to be back on the air this week and excited to have Kristen back this week. For those Thank of you, you who tuned in last week, you were celebrating your anniversary. Yes, I'm great. super pumped to be back this week. Um, it's been a long week, and I do a lot of law of allowing in my everyday world, and I'm super excited to uh, speak about it. Um, I manifested a few objects <laughs> lately, awesome. um, so I'm super excited to talk about that. So uh, thank you. Fantastic. I also want to um, thank Dr. Nikki Tobias for, to, or for uh, filling in for you yeah, last week. Host. Yeah, that's host. Yeah, that was awesome. It was an awesome show. It was really great having you. Um, and so this week, um, our, for those of you who maybe are tuning in for the first time, Call Me Crazy is a show about the law of attraction and all kinds of other woo-woo kinds of things. Um, and so uh, the whole purpose of our show is really to kind of raise people's awareness about the law of attraction, to raise human consciousness, and our awareness of our power to create our lived experience and how that translates into creating a world we all want to be in, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which doesn't really seem to be the case right now. Um, so uh, so we started with, you know, a show about the law of attraction, specifically about mm-hmm. the law of attraction. And um, then last week we talked about the law of deliberate creation. And this week we're going to talk about the law of allowing. Um, one of the things I like to give out right at the start of the show is that we are not, quote, unquote, law of attraction experts by any stretch of the imagination. We are just to um, average folks who discovered the law of attraction a couple of years ago, has, have been fascinated by it, have both started practicing it in our own lives, and have felt like it's something that people really need to know about in order to be more intentional about creating the world we live in. And so that is kind of where this whole show comes from. So 
on tonight's show, um, because the law of allowing is kind of like the third universal law, it's also dependent upon one's understanding of the first two, which is the law of attraction and the law of deliberate creation. So we are going to kind of recap each of those things um, because, again, if you're tuning in for the first time or if you're really unfamiliar with the law of attraction, just jumping into the law of allowing is going to be kind of confusing for people and not very easy to follow. So I want to start with um, the law of attraction. And the law of attraction is basically um, a universal law that states that uh, energy attracts like energy. Like another way to put it is what you think about, you bring about. And the reason that that is is because we're all energy, right? Everything in the universe is energy. Energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It simply transfers from one form to another. So um, while obviously our physical bodies are energy and things that we can tangibly touch are energy, but so is the so are the thoughts and the words and our actions. Um, and so energy attracts like energy. So when you have thoughts, when you have a thought about something, you, your thoughts kind of gather, like thoughts gather together. So if I'm thinking about something that makes me happy, um, I'm going to continue to kind of be brought these thoughts about different things that make me happy. And if I'm thinking about something that I'm stressed out about or that I'm worried about, then the universe is going to continue to offer me thoughts about things that I'm worried or stressed out about, right? And so oftentimes you'll hear people talk about, you know, if you've ever heard the expression, my train of thought. I don't know if you've ever, right? Like my train of thought was this. And and that really usually refers to like, how did you get from this idea to that idea, right? Mm -hmm. Well, my train of thought was I started thinking about this and then that led to this thought, which led to this thought, which led to this thought, which led to this, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is the law of attraction. That is the law of attraction. That's the universe bringing you all of those different ideas that are that are similar to one another because they're the same energy, they're the same feeling. Um, and so that that is kind of how you get from one bad thought to a lot of times a much worse thought <laughs> because they tend to accumulate and eventually when you think about something long enough it it's it's it has to materialize in your life the experience kind of has to happen in your life um so that's where the expression what you think about you bring about comes from it's kind of an illustration of the law of attraction so that's kind of um in a nutshell what the law of attraction is and that is um according to Abraham Hicks, the most powerful law in the universe. Like it's a um, universal law, meaning that it's everywhere. It's in all universes. It's happening whether you understand that it's happening or, um, you know, know that it's happening or not. Like you literally cannot turn off your attraction. Like we are magnets attracting to ourselves and our point of attraction is how we're feeling and so um it's important for people to understand that in order to understand the law of deliberate creation which we're going to talk about in a minute and then ultimately the law of allowing mm -hmm. um, because if we understand that how the law of attraction is working then we know that we have the opportunity to control our environment Mm -hmm. Like we understand that the law of attraction is a thing. Yes. And if we understand how the thing works, yes. then we have the power to attract and create the world we want to live in. But if you don't understand that, then you can never do the deliberate creating part. What if right? you understand it? What if you just push it all away? What if you do? So that's a good question. And so one of the things that, um, because that's what a lot of us do, because one, a lot of us aren't aware of the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. So we don't even know that it's a thing. 
And so we think that we're kind of the, like the receiver of whatever we get in life, right? You've heard people say, well, that was just wasn't in my cards, right? Or I was mm -hmm. dealt a bad deck or whatever, right? And so most of us are creating by default is what they call it. And basically what that means is that when you're not aware of the law of attraction or you don't believe in the law of attraction, right? There's a lot of mm -hmm. folks that don't think it's a thing. Then you don't leverage the law of attraction. You don't set an intention for what you want in your life because you think you can't have it. Like, you don't believe you can have it because you believe, you know, that you, we have all of these beliefs that we've grown up with, whether, you know, regardless of what our background is, we have certain beliefs. So that's a good question. Like, what if we just push it aside or you don't pay attention yeah, to the like, law of attraction? I was driving into work today, and all I kept thinking about is I'm going to have a great day. But when I got to work, everything was coming down around me. Mm -hmm. But you ended up having your best day in sales today, did you not? Oh, yeah. I had my so best day in sales today because I've done a lot of um, – Law, I've been practicing a great deal of law of attraction. I've been practicing a, lot, a great deal of law of deliberate creation mm -hmm. and pre-paving and setting my intentions of the sales will just be there, the mm -hmm. customers will just be there, right. and coming from a mindset of I know they will be there instead of focusing on the lack of them being there. Right. So you really weren't like you. No, not you weren't me. I'm talking about if I was somebody else would yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have heard numerous times. Well, I went into work today, and I had this feeling of da 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 da. da I'm gonna have a great day, blah blah blah. But then when I got there, my whole world fell down around me. Well, so so I, your religion is different than mine, and I didn't deliberately think I was gonna go into work having a bad day. So here's the thing about that. One of the things I'll say is that I'm playing devil's advocate. I know. I know. <laughs> playing back with you. One of the things I will say is that you can't fool the universe. Yes. So. You know, oftentimes people think what you think about, you ring about. So my thoughts are going to are going to create everything. And while there is some truth to that, thinking if you're trying to convince yourself, because sometimes we have to convince it. Sometimes we have to fake it till we make it, right? Oh, yes, sometimes we, we have a big dream, and so we have to, you know, tell ourselves like, okay, this is going to happen. But our our heart, our our feeling in our so body, our right, is still in this place of fear or doubt. Right. Okay. So if you I'm can't saying you can't you can't fake those things thought. to the universe. Now you can convince yourself. You can continue to tell yourself that everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. But you really have to believe feel and feel that everything's going to be okay in order to attract whatever the thing is. So whether it's that everything is going to be okay or whether it's that you're going to have your best day in sales, like you can't just tell yourself all the way to work, like oh I'm going to yeah, I'm going to do you know hundred thousand dollars in sales today in inside really thinking you know when you've got your inside voice going all right Kristen good luck with that you know like well, yeah, you send, sending mixed signals. exactly exactly so you really have to um you have to feel it you have to feel and 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 some of that comes down to faith some of that comes down to you know just trusting that the creator divine God, universe, source, whatever you language you use for that is bringing to you what you are putting out there. So that would be my first re reaction. The other reaction is that, so you asked, like, what if I, you know, I've got, I'm feeling really good, and I get, you know, I think, oh, this is going to be a great day, and then I get there, and everything falls apart. So another, what I would offer to that, too, is, you know, there was the one, you can't fool the universe, but two is what I've been learning a lot um, recently is understanding that what sometimes looks or feels like a failure is not necessarily a failure, yeah. but rather the universe nudge to go in a different direction or not a, a redirect. failure, but a redirect. Yeah. 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 So, you know, for me, I had an experience, you know, in the past couple of weeks where 
you know, I had taken an inspired action and I had approached somebody about something, right? And their reaction was like, meh, thanks, but no thanks. And I was really disappointed and frustrated initially. And it felt like really, like I was kind of upset, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was part of my, my ego, right, was in it. But then once I had a little bit of time to really think about it, I realized like, this is not a failure. This is not about me. Like the person's response was clearly not about me. It was about them. And I realized like this was just the universe gently show like just nudging me in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Like you've tried this, this is great, you're taking action, you're kinda of going that but that's not where you're meant to be. So that's the other thing I would offer is that when things don't go exactly as we expect or would like for them to mm-hmm. is being able to trust that everything is for the greater good. So even if it's a real crappy day, Trusting that, okay, like this sucks right now, but I trust that the reason it sucks right now is because it's going to be awesome tomorrow. <laughs> like this is setting me up for Nikki Tobias during our coaching and counseling sessions spoke about when it's going really crappy like that, you just have to, exactly like what you said, you have to trust and really believe and feel that you're going to come out the other side even better than what you went into it with. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those, it's the same thing as you can't go through the rain without getting to the sun. Right. Almost. You've got to go through the storm. you got to be right. able to dance and breathe and live through the storm mm-hmm. because at the end of it, something bigger, better, yeah. more awesome is going to come your way. Well, and the other reason that's important is because if you get in that situation where you think it's going to be a great day and then everything falls apart, and you instead of instead of walking in faith and knowing, okay, this really sucks right now, but it's okay because it's going to get better and really believing it's going to get better, if you focus on the, the negative, you're focused on, for focusing on the lack, right? Yeah. You're focusing it, and you're sending the mixed messages again, yeah. right? Because on the way to work, you were like, oh, everything's going to be great. This is going to be great. This is great. This feels great. And then you let that negative thing throw you off to where you get in a negative place. And now, certainly no one is perfect and no one can stay if we could all stay in a place of feeling good, the world would be a different place, right? So that's the challenge. We would never want to leave. <laughs> right. So that's the challenge is, is, is sensing that feeling of negativity, doing whatever you have to do to process it and get out of it, like to regroup, reframe, say, okay, this is just a redirect. Um, because when you do that, you know, again, you kind of are, you keep drawing the good things as opposed to the negative things. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- I have really good, a really good kind of example of this. I just had a friend that I was talking to the other day about um, who had applied for a job. Mm-hmm. This is an amazing job. It's going to be like a $30,000 or $40,000 pay increase. I mean, like serious promotion, like really, really wants this job, went for two interviews, you know, said they went really, really well, felt really, really good. They told them, you know, if you don't hear from me by Friday, give me, uh, you know, send me an email and check up, but, you know, whatever. So was feeling really good about it. felt really good, really promising, has, has hated their job that they're currently in for year, literally years, mm-hmm. like literally, but has felt really stuck and haven't been able to, so this sounds like a great opportunity. So we're talking about it and, you know, they had asked for, you know, it's kind of some, some prayers with positive energy and I'm like, yeah, it's all yours. I'm like, you just have to keep claiming it because at this point, there's no reason to think you don't have it, right? At this point, everything you're telling me is the interview went well. You had two in-person mm-hmm. interviews. It sounds great. There's been no communication. Now, granted, there's been no communication, but that's what my friend has been focusing on. Why haven't I heard from them? Oh, Why haven't I heard no. from them? Right, right. So I'm like, look, I'm like, pushing it away. Right, right, right. right. I'm like, you're totally confusing the universe. Yes. Like, this is focusing on the lack of communication. Yes, I'm like, you have to focus. You can't focus on that because no one has told you no yet. 
So right now, you're just waiting for that yes. It's out there. It's coming to you. But you have to trust. Just keep thanking God that it's coming to you. I said, I was like, God's got a lot going on. <laughs>
to a hundred <laughs> to the way far extreme mm-hmm. based off of like one event or one why yeah we read why? so much between the lines right like and we, we really don't need to all no. the time and that it's so exhausting yeah and that also gets to that's where when we get to the law of allowing we're going to get to a little bit of that because mm-hmm. people if people would not read in so much to what people are saying or not saying, right? We yeah. read more into probably to what people don't say than yeah, what people I do agree. say. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we could really be present and be in the moment and have those conversations without jumping to conclusions and accusations, like, again, things would be very, very different, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of a recap of the law of attraction. So let's move on and do a, a recap of the law of deliberate creation. So the law of deliberate creation is basically how you leverage the law of attraction to create in your life, right? Okay, so the law of deliberate creation has to become, has to, the law of deliberate creation comes before the law of attraction? No, the law, the law of attraction is the primary universal law that they say is the most powerful law in the universe. Okay. But because of the law of attraction, you can deliberately create. So really, it's actually called the law of creation, but because so many of us are creating by default, they inserted the word deliberate. Because we're all creating our own lived experience, whether we know it or not, right? Whether we realize it or not. I agree. So the difference is people who understand the law of of attraction create their lived experience with intention. Because we understand that the things we think about, we bring about. Mm -hmm. The things we put energy into, we, we create. And so that's why when Abraham talks about the law of creation, they say it's really the law of creation, but so many of you are creating by default, that we've inserted the word deliberate creation okay. because it's the difference. Everyone is creating, whether they realize it or not. Mm-hmm. But if you're aware of the law of attraction, then you can deliberately create your in your experience. So that's okay. the difference. Oh, okay. And so the law of creation uses the law of attraction. And um, last week, on last week's show, um, we talked about kind of the formula for creation, which is. Um, you know, wanting or your desire plus your expectation equals manifestation or creation. Okay. So, um, so you, you've probably seen jewelry and different things that say ask, believe, receive. Oh, yeah. Right? So that's the whole idea. Ask is the wanting part or the thought of what you want um, or the desire of what you want. Believing is the expectation that you'll have it. You've got to think it and believe it. That it's and coming. feel it. Yes. And when you have a perfect balance of that asking and believing, then you'll, you will receive whatever mm-hmm. the thing is that you're trying to create. Um, now, the balanced equation is the most effective way to manifest, like when you can strike that balance, okay. which is the, the tricky part, right? Like that takes a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other ways to manifest in our lives. And one is to have very, very strong desire or very, very strong like wanting okay. and very little belief. So um, an example that Abraham uses is the mother whose child is – stuck under a car, yeah. right? And so the mother is able to lift that car up off her child almost purely out of her wanting, right? Because she would never believe she could do it, no. right? But in that situation, she experienced what they call a quantum leap of the desire is so intense that she's able to lift that car. But if she had gone to the gym and tried to lift the weight of a car, like she may have never right. gotten there, right? So in that situation, the desire is so strong that she's able to manifest it and make it happen. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, you can also create in your life things that you have very little wanting for, but very high expectation for. Okay. So something like an example that Abraham uses about that is illness, 
like cancer. Oh, right. Wow. So, so you're you, saying people bring cancer into their lives? Well, we bring a lot of we bring everything into our lives. Everything. Yeah. So illness, all the good, the bad. That's one of the things that Abraham says is that. I'm not, I, because I, oftentimes people would say, what do you mean I brought that on? I, said, I wouldn't want cancer. Why would I have exactly. created that in my life? And Abraham's response to that is, we are not saying that you created it on purpose, but we are saying you are the creator, the attractor, the, like the creator of it. So the thing about the law of attraction is that you attract what you think about whether you want it or not. That's why it's so important to be so intentional about what our thoughts are and where our feelings are and how we're feeling. Because when you feel good, if you feel good, you feel happy, then you're creating in the right direction. Mm -hmm. You're creating things that align with what you intend. When you feel bad in any kind of way, Mm -hmm. you're miscreating. And that's one of the things Abraham says too. Whenever you feel bad, no matter what kind of bad it is, whether it's sad or angry or whatever, if you are feeling bad, stop what you're doing and do something different. Do something that makes you feel good. So going back to your question about like people can create illness in their lives, yes. The answer to that is yes. Um, Because we and only we create our life experience. By focusing on I don't want cancer. I've got a family member that has right. that. I don't want that. I know it's hereditary, but I don't. I hope I don't get that. Yes. And the more you yes. focus on that, you literally draw you the illness. You. And it might not be full-on cancer, but maybe you wake up and you've got a strep throat, or you've got chicken pox, or you've got a stuffy nose. Right. So it might not be full-on right. cancer, but the more you think about, I don't want something, you're literally drawing it to you. Basically, it's like the idea of when you say, I'm not going to think about marshmallows. I think this was Nikki's example. <laughs> I'm not going to think about marshmallows. Well, you're thinking about marshmallows by saying, I'm not going to think about marshmallows. Like, by virtue of saying that, right? Like, you're thinking about it. And it's yeah. the same kind of thing with illness. And how many times do you hear people talk about how they don't feel good? The more right? they talk about it, the more they don't feel and good. That's exactly what Abraham said. I just want to get better. Well, the more you focus on I want to get better, the more you're going to be stuck in I want to get right. better. Right, because by because of saying I want to get better, you're focusing on that you're not well, right? Yeah. So you're focusing on lack again. So, so yes, we, we bring our – we create our own experience. And some of that, it may not even be a conscious thing about health, right? One of the, one of the number one um, – sources of illness is what you know one of the number one sources of illness number one source of illness mm-hmm. just being in your head about it cause stress stress oh yeah okay stress. so you bring that stress on yourself right which then so causes you may not illness. even right so you may not even even be having a conscious thought of oh you know like for me my dad died at 38 of cancer mm-hmm. no history in the, you know in our family so it was a big yeah. kind of tragic thing it was like oh my gosh where did this come from out of nowhere and and so my whole life, I mean, I, I talked about there was a time where I, I wondered, like, would I live beyond 38? Like, yeah. my dad probably didn't know he was going to die when he was 38. And so it was a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a perfect example of I have been told because it's hereditary and because he died at such a young age, like, there was a seed planted in my mind. Am I going to, is, is, am well, I I going to get it too? Yeah. Is that going to be my lived experience? Exactly. Because that was my father's life. Exactly. And think about in the media all the things we see about statistics about how many people die every year from cancer or this so disease or that So if you're saying that disease. the more you focus on that, the more disease, illness, negative, wrongdoing, you know, just life experiences are going to fall into your path. You if, if you allow, the, if you believe those things. Yeah. Right? So... And again, like uh, cancer is just a good example because I feel like they do all the statistics every year. And so this is like 
presented to us as fact. Like, mm-hmm. this is the fact. And it may be the fact that there are so many people dying with cancer, but it doesn't necessarily mean that because my dad died of cancer that I will ever have cancer. No, because but most we people's be- experiences are the same. But we believe that. Because yes. that's what mm, lots of people tell us. You had a different word to yeah. say there. But. Well, I feel like well, we can get into that later. So, yeah. so anyway, but the, the information we're fed, and, and that gets into, like, creating by default versus deliberate creation, which we were talking about before. Yes. If you don't have an intention about what you're going to focus on and what you're going to think about, your brain doesn't ever stop thinking. Like, mm-hmm. we don't stop thinking thoughts until, we, until our physical body dies, right? Like, mm-hmm. we don't stop thinking thoughts. And so if you're thinking, everything around you you're taking in as data, as information, right? And so if I don't have an intention that I'm going to be thinking about how great my day is going to be or I'm going to be thinking about that project I have at work, like, if you don't have an intention – of thinking about things from a positive perspective, you literally absorb just whatever's put in front of you. So whether it's, you know, what's on the radio while you're driving Mm -hmm. and you're listening to all the terrible, depressing news about how awesome our country is right now, or whether you're watching the news, right, or whether you're scrolling on Facebook and seeing all the negative BS, right? Like if you don't have an intention of where you're going to put your, you know, attention, then your mind is going to think about whatever it said. Mm-hmm. So when we're just mindlessly driving and listening, then we're just kind of going to process those thoughts. And those thoughts likely nine times out of 10, the stuff we're hearing on the radio or the stuff we're hearing in the media is negative. And mm-hmm. so that's going to maybe, you know, we may not have strong thoughts about the specific thing they're talking about, but we're, it's going to lead us to more negative thoughts. It might, oh, lead, yeah. you know, so it puts you in this negative space. And, you know, I know for a lot of us, especially like right after the election, I had a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. and a lot of fear. Like I could literally feel it in my body. Mm -hmm. And when you feel that way, you attract more negativity. You attract Mm -hmm. more negative things in your life. So, so anyway, sorry, I feel like I got on a tangent, but the point was, so there's an equation to deliberate creation, which is ask, believe, receive. Um, That's the most effective way to create in your life. But there are other ways that you can, you know, create that by default, whether it's, the quantum leap of the mother that lifted the car, mm-hmm. or it's the I'm not thinking of anything else, so the information I've said is gonna gonna be what what's created in mm-hmm. my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing about the law of deliberate creation is that um, you know sometimes when you talk about being able to manifest things in your life, you know people think big, right? When you dream big, of course, like you, you want to be great. But sometimes people will say to you, oh, Kristen, that's ridiculous. You'll never make that kind of money. Or that's ridiculous. You'll never have that kind of house. Or that's ridiculous. You'll never be able to afford it. Whatever. Like mm-hmm. people have this thing there where they tell you, you know, that you can't. Um, and especially because what they'll say is, like as an example, if I'm trying to buy a new car and I have a job that doesn't pay me very well and I feel like I can't afford it, if I focus on the current situation, I will continue to create more of the current situation. So one of the things, again, that Abraham says in the, in, in the, the basic teachings of Abraham is if you focus only on the now, like you can stay rooted like a tree mm-hmm. to this moment if you focus only on what you currently have. Well, like then you, you have, never you really... have to get your vision yeah. beyond what you have. Yeah, because if you're constantly thinking about the present situation, then you're still going to be swirling in the present situation. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately the universe reflects back to you what you're putting out. So yeah. if you're, if, you, if as far as you can see is 
I have a job that pays me minimum wage and a car that's about to die and I'll be renting it forever. Like I rent a house that I'm not happy at or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if that's all you can see, that's all you'll continue to manifest because the universe is like a mirror. It like reflects mm-hmm. back to you what you put out. Um, and so that's a good uh, analogy. So I it's like really, that. yeah, it's really, I got that one, that, that one actually, that language came from, I think, um, the Conversations with God books. Yeah. I finished about, that. Yeah. A week or two ago. Amazing book. Amazing. If you haven't read that. you got to hurry up and read two or three so I, I know, can get a I know. <laughs> Girl, you have to get your own. I'm writing in the margins of mine or anything else. Oh, okay. I guess i got to do my own. I'll put it on my wish list. <laughs> so, um, so, the, so that's the law of attraction and the law of deliberate creation. The other thing I don't know if we mentioned, um, I think maybe I did when we talked about the law of attraction, but just in case, is that with the law of deliberate creation, the way that you feel is your point of attraction. So again, mm-hmm. like you can't fool yourself. You can't fool the universe. If you're saying one thing, but really feeling a different thing, the, the, the feeling that you're putting out is what the universe is reading from you. So we have the law of attraction, which says energy attracts like energy. Um, and what you bring, think about, you bring about, you have the power of creating your own uh, lived experience through the law of deliberate creation, right? Mm-hmm. What you want in your experience you can draw into your experience. Mm -hmm. And what comes into your experience that you don't want was still drawn into your experience by you. Because you were (laughs) focusing on what you don't want. Right. So therefore it still comes negative. so hard, I think, for people to understand. Even if you don't want it, it's still going to come into your lived experience. Especially if you don't want it. I feel that what you don't want or when you focus on the lack of, that almost comes faster than yeah, what you well, I don't know. You might. It probably feels that way because you don't want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'd be curious to hear people's stories on that. Yeah. What you don't want to me would come faster mm-hmm. than what you do want. Well, because I, you focus on it more. I think that the, there might be something to that. And the reason that this is why. One of the things that Abraham talks about is that the more emotion that you think about something with, the faster it comes. So giving thought, the law of attraction says that, you know, what you think about, you bring about. But with deliberate creation, like the more, the more emotion you have yeah. with the thought, the faster it is coming into your lived experience. Yeah, so when you don't want something, a lot of times there is a lot of emotion attra- attached to that because it's fear or it's worry or it's like there's a lot of – it it makes you feel some kind of way. Mm -hmm. But when you are wanting something, sometimes that's why maybe we have a hard time creating so quickly because we have a hard time really envisioning and feeling like Nikki talks about, like what, Mm -hmm. how do you want to feel, right? Like what's Mm -hmm. it going to feel like to have that new car? What's it going to, and we don't, we don't think about it that way. And we feel silly, like in the secret, they use Mm -hmm. an example of the car and literally show a guy sitting in his like recliner, like literally driving with his hands on the steering wheel and like pretending to drive a car, yeah. which sounds silly and feels weird, but if it can create that feeling of what you're wanting, then it will draw it into your experience quicker. So you're probably right. Mm-hmm. We we are much quicker to feel fear or, you know, anxiety or worry. Like that comes Perfect. up naturally when you think about what you don't want. That, that emotion comes to you immediately. Yeah. Plus we're surrounded by it, whether yes. we want to be or not, with yes. the news, the radio. And then you get to work and you're just surrounded by a bunch of people who don't want to be there. That's mm-hmm. not their dream job. They feel like this is the only way to make money. They keep going after what they want, but it's not there. They're sick all the time. Mm-hmm. And because they don't know about the law of attraction. Yeah, because they don't know about the law of attraction. <laughs> yes, 
don't know about Call Me Crazy yet on Blog Talk Radio. Um, but yeah, and, and when you when you talk about oh, well, you could have everything that you wanted, all you had to do is, is do this. People are so focused on no, that's not the case that they just they almost kind of like I've. They can't people believe are like it. silly, like like they can't believe it's that easy. Yeah, they can't believe it's that easy. Mm-hmm. So then they go plus. Misery loves company. Right. So much. So it's so much easier to vent and get people on board right. to vent with you and listen. And the next thing you know, you you set this intention of I'm gonna have a great day. I feel it. And then you get to work and you forget mm-hmm. to cut the strings of all yeah, the yeah, negative people and all the negative energy. So. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And um, you know, again, we're fed the information like we, that. We're not taught about the law of attraction, which is part of why I think she called the book The Secret. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're taught that you have to work hard mm-hmm. to, to, to be successful. Like you have to work hard to make a lot of money or to have the things that you want. Um, and while you certainly do have to work, like there are certain – like, and I do think that, that because we are fed the information we're fed by, by the media – it does make a law of attraction harder, mm-hmm. right? Like, because we're fighting with all of these other things. Like, that's why we call the show Call Me Crazy. Oh, right? I agree. Because, yeah. because you feel a little bit crazy when you, under, when you start to really understand it. And then you start to practice it and you see it happening. Mm-hmm. And people still kind of think, oh, whatever, you know. So you have to get to a point where you can be okay with people being thinking you're crazy okay. because ultimately you can think I'm crazy all day long, but l- let me see what I can manifest in my life. Yeah, right? Because I'm to the point now where I would rather work harder at practicing the law of attraction, the law of allowing and the law of deliberate creation. And I would rather work harder at that and making it easier for the dollars, mm-hmm. the money, the customer, the sales, the things that need to come into my world to make all of that easier mm-hmm. because yeah, I could be only working 40 hours a week, but I sometimes focus so much energy on the negative stuff rather than on the positive stuff. And at the end of the day, why fight with customers and this team and that team and this team and that team to try to get the price I need or the item I need or the sale I need when I can just focus on the laws of attraction and universal laws to bring the customers who are going to give me the sales, to bring the customers that are going to give me the information that I need to get them the sales. And then I can just be a right partnership. Mm -hmm. Well, and part of that so is... So it's a lot of mental energy. Yeah, yeah. And part of it is just taking the attitude, like, it, everything's always working out. Yeah. Like, no matter what, everything's always working out. And when you believe everything's always working out, everything does. Yeah, because at this point, I now have to practice the law of allowing. When a price doesn't work out, okay, you know what? That item wasn't meant to be. Boom, next thing you know, an item double that is going to come in. There you go. That's right. It's that redirect. It's that redirect. Allowing, what, yep. allowing for things to happen that you didn't anticipate. Yep. And knowing that that's just a, a, a workaround. Right? Yep, <laughs> like that's it's just like, you know what, if, if, if it's not going to work, just give me that note. Let me, let me focus. Keep it moving. You don't need to go to this back and forth, 20 minute, 40 minute, um, team time. No, either do it or don't do it. But if you're not going to do it, give me the answer so now I can now focus mm-hmm. on a higher dollar item that the item that the customer is going to take right, more right. of. Right, right. Look on your head. Yeah, it's just a, another like positive reader. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even realize that until just now because I've been kind of focusing <laughs> on that this week. But now that I'm really saying out loud, I'm like, all right, now we're going to put that in place next mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so we have the law of attraction, the law of deliberate creation, the law of allowing. And the law of allowing is kind of part of the second part of the law of creation, really. Like when you expect and allow it to come to you, that, that is part of the law of allowing. But the thing that I like to um, 
talk about with the law of allowing is this idea that we kind of talked about at the start of the show was that my allowing others to be who they are in no way prevents me from being who I am. And so one of the things when, when Abraham introduces the law of allowing, they say all people who are living came into this life experience with the intention to understand and to be an allower. So basically everyone who's kind of like living in this time period right now, before we came into this physical experience, we came in with the intention of understanding this concept of allowing because most of us have lived enough past lives that we understand the law of attraction. Okay. And we illustrate that through the language we use and the thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. I was talking about before. And we kind of get that we have a a certain amount of power to create our lived experience. Mm -hmm. But what we're all really trying to grasp is this, this idea of law of allowing. And so, you know, they say that when, that, that those who can understand and implement the law of attraction, the law of deliberate creation, and especially the law of allowing will experience complete freedom because you experience complete freedom from any kind of negative experience. Mm -hmm. Because when you allow others to be who they are, even if you like, like you don't, understand them or you don't approve like the the whole thing of with an allower is there is none of that there Mm -hmm. is no approving of what they do because when someone is an allower they understand that by the law of attraction your experience doesn't have to ever interfere with mine and affect it in a negative or positive way right like we don't even have to interact Mm -hmm. like in in theory with this law I'm not going to have an experience with someone that I'm uncomfortable with or someone that I don't want to have an experience with unless I invite them through thought. Mm -hmm. So because what the law of allowing specifically says, and this is in our our intro, Mm -hmm. we have Abraham Hicks saying it, I am that which I am, a changing thing indeed. And while I am that which I am, I am willing to allow all others to be that which they are. Now, that's powerful in itself. Yes, it is. But there's there's also a point where um, Abraham Hicks says, you know you are truly an allower when you can allow all others to be that which they are, even in their unallowing of you. Yes. And so that, for me, having done years and years and years of work around gender and sexuality mm-hmm. and educating people about the LGBT community and trying to help people understand, you know, that work and whether it's about gender and sexuality or whether it's about race or whether it's about religion or any of those different areas in which we do work around educating and, and trying to fight for equal rights, it still often feels like a fight, mm-hmm. right? It often feels like me trying to convince you that I'm lovable and we're just like you and really not that different. And, you know, like all of that feels like constantly trying to persuade people to understand, Right. And so, like, trying to change people's hearts and minds. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but this opened my eyes to, wow, like, really allowing them to be who they are, even in their unallowing of me. Like, that was really... Like, you can allow that person who doesn't accept you, who doesn't understand you, who doesn't even want you in their world, that is still okay. Because even if they don't allow you to be you you still have all the opportunity in the world to be you. You right. don't need anybody's approval. Right, right, right. And I don't really have to even interact with them if I don't invite them into my world. Like if mm-hmm. I really, and this is, this is the part that gets really tricky and hard because it, this is the part that even to me sounds crazy, right? 
is if we can literally only focus on the things that bring us joy. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be different for every person, right? Yeah. But if we can really focus on only the things we want to experience, only the things that bring us joy, and allow all others to focus on the things that bring them joy, even if we think it's crazy, right? Okay. Like you like, I don't like, we, you know, but, but we're right now, we're not in a place of that. Like we're, we're in a place of judgment about everybody. And everything like, that everybody does. Yes. yes. Everything. It's so easy to focus on everybody else. Yes. Rather than look inside yourself and deal with your own BS. Yes. You like those Cadbury eggs? That's disgusting. You're oh. weird. Right? Like, you are weird. That, like, you're crazy. You, you like, and it, you like and it, Yes. It all of a sudden becomes a statement about the person, right? Like, what, people get really emotional about crazy things. So, um, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So, so but this, the, the idea with the law of allowing is that, and this is why, so this is why you have to really understand and implement the law of attraction and the law of creation before you can be an allower. Because if, if you don't understand that someone else's experience need not intersect with your mm-hmm. experience, then of course you're going to be in this place of like trying to protect, right? Like we live in a world where we think there's only enough for like there's not enough to go around for everybody. Oh yeah. Right. So not my life. There's not enough of me. Right. Not enough space. There's not enough money. Not enough money. Yeah. Right. So my loss is your gain. Right. Or your loss is my gain. Like that's the mentality mm-hmm. we have. Like in order for me to gain, that's going to take from you. But what we don't understand is we have an abundant universe. Yeah, like the we, universe will always provide. The universe reflects back what we want. It reflects it. So. Literally, but but again, we focus so much on the lack and so much on the fear that that's, I think, how things end up going away. That's mm-hmm. how we end up with people who live in poverty. Now, the fact of the matter is there's enough money in this world right now that if we really wanted to, and this is also from the Conversations with God book, mm-hmm. that we literally could end world poverty tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If we all, if we if all set everybody, our intention. If everybody's intention was that everybody's going to be fed and have enough to eat, we could do that because... Mm-hmm there's enough. It's just that like 1% of the population has all of the resources. And then everybody else will think, well, if I gave some to them, then that's going to have a lack of, I'm not going to have, yeah, there's not enough for me. But ultimately when you give, the universe reflects back to you what you put out, Mm -hmm. right? So with everybody, so I had this thought, well, let me make sure we're covering all the law before I get into that crazy part. Um, But, um, so, yeah, so the idea is that, you know, freedom only com- comes only when you really understand and apply the universal laws. So if you can really understand how the law of attraction works and that, like, I don't have any control over your lived experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about that tonight, but when we talked about the law of attraction the first time, we talked about how you can't attract into someone else's experience. No, you cannot manifest somebody else's lived experience so so that's hard for people right because one of the things last week we had a caller at the end of the at the end of the night who called in about who was saying she was you know very intuitive and empathic and that she'd been sharing some things that had been coming to her with her best friend about the relationship her best friend was in Mm -hmm. and she was saying you know i shared that with my best friend but she still doesn't she doesn't do anything different, right? Like, so she was foreseeing, it sounded like she was foreseeing, like, a troublesome relationship. She was sharing with her best friend. Her best friend wasn't making different choices. And so she was kind of like, what do I do? Like, do I keep telling her? Do I not tell her? Like, I feel like I don't want to tell her anymore because she's not doing anything anyway. So, that, like, 
in that situation, like you cannot, like you can't manifest for another person. Nope. Right. Like you can't, you know, if you have a kid that's doing things that you just don't want them to do, like as much as you want to control them, ultimately they're their own person and you can't create in someone else's lived experience. Plus, why would you? Because then it takes away from creating from your own life. Right. Well, and on the flip side of that, you can't, you can't create in mine. But that's the part we forget, is we forget that you can't really create in, for me. Mm-hmm. So, again, there's that, 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 that feeling of scarcity or that feeling like I have to protect mine. Yeah. I have to protect what I have. Um, and so I had this crazy thought no. <laughs> about, um, you know, the state of the world and the um, – like, you know, the, the crazy president we have right now, I'll just say that. Um, crazy 45? Crazy 45. So I had a thought about, like, there's so many, clearly, so many people in our country and across the world who have no respect <laughs> for him. Um, and even some supporters who voted for him who no longer support him. Yeah. And even when he got elected, he got elected, you know, it was not the majority of the country that voted for him. Yeah. So he won by the electoral college. Right, exactly. So the majority of the people in the country voted for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the thought came to my mind of like, you know, where, where, what is, how does the saying go? Where attention goes, energy flows, right? Ooh. So where, where you put that's your attention. Yeah, where you put your attention, that's where energy flows. And so, and that is why, and it's hard to get to this a minute ago, but that is why what we resist persists. Yeah. So this idea of, um, you know, this resistance, it's kind of like saying I'm not going to think about something, right? Like when you're not going to think about something, you're thinking, what, about it. you're thinking about it. So when you're resisting something, you're giving your energy to it. Because you're giving thought to it, and you're pushing your energy, you know, in that direction. So it's just going to push back. Sometimes full, right? It's just going to come back at you. Mm -hmm. So, um, so my thought was, (laughs) rather than resisting, what would happen? And again, this is hard to imagine because it's, but it's just in my dream world, my woo woo. So, what if everybody who is not supportive of forty five were to, like just ignore him like literally not watch the news not engage in his tweets not like literally ignore what's going on with our government allow him to be him allow him to be him ignore what's going on allow him to be him and focus their energy on making what we want to happen in our country happen right now it's like tricky because everybody says, oh, but we have a government. We have to do things to the government. But do we really? Because if we have a vast majority of the country who are like, that's not working anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's come together and let's, you know, create some community gardens or let's create, you know, some kind of organization that feeds the hungry. Or let, like what, what would happen if we literally like, you know what, do what you got to do because we don't care. You don't need the president, you don't need 45 permission. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. But it's very hard to <laughs> imagine. It's very hard to imagine because we're so caught up in this place of like, you know, but we have a madman running the country. But he's only running the country because we're letting him. Like mm-hmm. we, are, we are giving our energy and we're feeding into the fear and, you know, we're criticizing what's happening and giving him what he wants. Whether we realize right, it or like, not. Yeah, because I feel like for him especially, mm-hmm. any publicity is good publicity. Oh, like. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just a really interesting 
when you get into talking about the law of allowing, it's it's fascinating to me if we think about like this could be a whole show. It could be a whole <laughs> show. I mean, it really could be a whole show. Um, so I mean, if you if you really start to think about allowing others, we were having a, a conversation today at lunch. It was t- totally not about any of this, but I, we were talking about how people sometimes get so um, emotionally involved in things that aren't theirs. Right. And I was like, imagine, you know, in this example, it was like a friend was talking about how her mom was, um, you know, her her sister's pregnant and her sister doesn't really, um, she's just a private person. Like she just doesn't share a lot of stuff with other people. And so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably that might be better. But she doesn't share a lot of things, even with her family. But, you know, she also particularly hadn't shared shared a lot of information about her pregnancy with her mother-in-law. And so her own mother was like, oh, well, have you talked to, you know, her about it? And have you shared with it? And she was just like, no, you know. And so the friend that was talking about was just like, mom, like, relax. Like, it's not your, like, it's not your not thing, your thing right, to share. Right. Like, it's not your thing to share. You know, that's how she is. She's just very private. She doesn't, but it was just, it, the the point was that her mom was getting so emotionally involved in something that didn't even really concern her because it was about the mother-in-law, you mm-hmm. know, and like, well, I feel bad for, you know, whatever her name is because, you know, she's not, she, well, it's not your thing, right? Like, it's not your thing. It's not your pregnancy. It's not your, but we get so involved emotionally. Because in, it's our thing. It means it has to be everybody else's thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. I had a hard time with that growing up. I, because I had such high expectations for myself that I expected everybody else to have such as high expectations mm. of themselves, if mm. not higher. Mm. And when people around me would start to disappoint me, my mom had to constantly remind me, well, Kristen, not everybody's you. Mm-hmm. Not everybody thinks like you. Not mm-hmm. everybody walks, talks, acts, sets intentions, wants to, you know, move further in life mm-hmm. like you. Like, not everybody mm-hmm. wants to move forward like you, how you do, right. the who, what, where, when, why. Now, how did you feel when when people didn't think like you did? How did it make you feel? Like when they didn't meet your expectations? Why? Like mad, like angry, mm-hmm. like disappointed. And then I, this, then I would, and now I know that I ended up like dropping my expectations or dropping my feelings or dropping my vi- vibrations to meet theirs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I don't meet anybody's expectations but my own. Well, that's a good thing to do now. But that was <laughs> going to be my point. It's like, yeah. imagine if, you were able to implement the law of allowing and just realizing like, okay, so this is my standard. That's their standard. That's fine. That's them. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, this is me. It's different. You know, whatever. I did. I used to get so hung up by the fact that the people that were in my world, whether I wanted them there, by whether they were there by default or not, mm-hmm. meaning coworkers, family, when they didn't do things how I, especially classmates, mm-hmm. when they didn't do things how I would do them, it, well, then, you can't. Mm-hmm. I can't associate with you. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you? Why? Like, I would spend more energy figuring that out mm-hmm. rather than focusing on my own life yeah. because I was not practicing the law of allowing mm-hmm. and I was not, like, being selfish and focusing on myself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I think so many of us still do. Like, even as adults, like, we still oh, we still get so caught up in, you know, and even like we were talking about before about reading into things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, reading into something somebody says or reading in more so to what something, you know, somebody didn't say. But they didn't or the say. lack of what they said. Yes. The lack of what they do. The lack of not being, well, why aren't you around? What are you doing? What's going on? Why didn't you call me? Why haven't you been around? I don't know. A, it's a two-way street. Um, and, and B, does it matter? Because uh-huh. that's, this is my lived experience, not your lived experience. 
So whatever answer I give you, you should just like take it and keep it moving. Right. Like that should just be okay. Yeah. Like you should just take that and just keep it moving and just be like, all right, cool. Like you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing too. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Let's talk about it when we can talk about it. And let's Mm -hmm. let's let's like like push each other up Mm -hmm. rather than explaining. And defending mm-hmm. each other, like defending our own selves to each other. Right. Right. Because that takes way more energy, mm-hmm. especially negative energy, than anything. Like, let's mm-hmm. lift each other up mm-hmm. rather than tear each other down. Well, and we tend to be so much about ourselves. So, like, in that kind of situation where, you know, you give somebody a response about something and maybe they want to read into what it's really about about them, when really it's just, like, you've got things going on. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But we – and I think – I think that's part of the ego thing. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's part of everything is always about us. Like, we always have this feeling like, what does that mean about me? Right. Did I do do something wrong? Like, is there a lack of something? Right. I had read, um, this this is interesting. I think I might have read it in uh, the Conversations with God. Yes, I read in Conversations with God that when something is embarrassing, whether you're being embarrassed, you're going through a situation that's embarrassing, um, you you were embarrassed, you got to let that go because you're right, that's the ego. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember exactly what was said, but it was really interesting because I never really heard of it, like I never really saw it in writing like that, mm-hmm. never really thought of it like that, but I had read it like the night, like the night of after working and telling my boss, about a situation and literally saying, well, when this, this, and this happened, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And, and then you went home and read the thing about me. Yeah. <laughs> I love the universe. <laughs> yeah, like it was that night or within like the next day or two. I don't know what it was. You're like, okay. Like okay. the universe smacking me in the face. And so when you think that something is embarrassing, I, I understood it as your ego is getting in your way or, or that's the ego calling the shot. Like, it's only embarrassing if you allow it to embarrass mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have now realized that when I call a customer back and I don't give him or her the news that they're looking for, whether it's a price, they can't get the credit, Whatever. FedEx was delayed because of weather, everything, everything I'm telling you is out of my hands. It's all, for one, if I expect them to get upset, they're going to get upset. Yes. Because yes. I'm drawing that yes. experience to me. Yes. Yeah. which I am now really going to start practicing this mm-hmm. ish. Mm-hmm. And two, if they get mad, whether I expect them to get mad or not, I have to allow them to their anger. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. Like all, I am only like an information machine. <laughs> right. I, hey, if, if it's not speak, personal. No, not it's about not you. business for one. It's, oh, it's yeah. business in the pharmaceutical world for sure. That's right. It's not personal. If you want to spend more with that wholesaler, you just want to spend more with them, then I guess that's what you're going to have to do. Right. For one, I understand. If you don't want to do what I'm asking you to do to save more money, well, then I guess you just don't want to save more money. Right. And that's it's, not about you. No, it's not about right. me. It's right. not about me because I got 50 other customers that are going to do exactly what they want them to do in order to save them money. Like, if you're going to speak to me this way, and it goes for everybody. If mm-hmm. you're going to speak to me this way, it has nothing to do with me. Nope. Maybe that's just your character. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just your personality. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just your demeanor. Maybe that's just the kind of day you're having. Mm-hmm. Maybe because you don't like your job and you're just taking it out mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. And I have to allow that. 
to be okay because at the end of the day, I'm still allowing myself to be me even though everybody else is not allowing me to be me. Yeah. And I can keep it moving and pursue my dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, and imagine, I don't know about you, but you probably have seen a different reaction from people when you allow them, right? Like when you, because oftentimes I think, and if you've, if anybody's worked customer service, you know this, mm-hmm. but oftentimes people will get come in and just pitch a fit. Like they'll be so angry and they'll make a scene. And the expectation I think when people do that is that, they want you to respond in kind. Like they want you to come back. Like their their intention is to like fear you into giving them what they want, right? Or yeah. to or to come back or to fight like, with them about it. Like, like intentional manipulation. Right. Maybe not intentional, but the more angry you come at somebody, the better chances of them folding mm-hmm. and just and giving into what, what you want. want. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it, too, is that most people know that in customer service any, anymore, most of the time, if you raise a big enough thing, you're going to get what you want because that person can't treat you badly, quote, unquote, right? Mm-hmm. And but, the customer's always right. No, but the customer isn't always right. I know. And, and so um, that's, the, that's the funny part. But, but sometimes, you know, when you meet that kind of energy, I did that, when like, I first started. that wow. big, that angry energy that like emotion right the negative emotion you gotta push back no you don't but you don't so they, but they want you to think. push them back yeah. yeah they want you to push back they but do. the thing is when you allow them to just be angry and hear them then there's nowhere else to go with the the energy it's, mm-hmm. it's almost kind of like it deflates right mm-hmm. because it just lands flat like if i come at you and i'm like you know kristen that's crap blah, 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 and you come back in an aggressive way then i'm still like this mm-hmm. right but if I'm like, right, I'm going to come higher maybe. But if I'm like, you know, Kristen, oh, that's crap. And you just say, you know what, I understand your frustration. Like you bring that vibration, like you bring yeah. that energy down. Mm-hmm. Like you, you hear, I hear you. I understand you're frustrated. Unfortunately, this is what I can do. You know, but you're allowing them to have that. Throw their little, throw okay. their Are you done? Are you done? <laughs> right. 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 Let's so we just have to let Trump throw his little temper tantrum. 45, throw his temper tantrum. Right. And disengage and walk away and just be like, okay. Are well, you this is different than a customer service. No, I know. Because you I'm have just, to give him attention. But, but, true. but, yeah, my everyday customers that I interact with that are selling their, their products to so they can go back and sell their yeah. products to their customers. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's one of those things where I just have to listen. Because I, I, I'm, there's been times where I've tried not to listen, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I'm there to listen mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, I'm there to service you mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not able to get you the price, I so just want to put that. So be it. Yeah, so be it. Like, I just want the customer to know that it's not me. Like, I'm not in control of that. Like, mm-hmm. actually, there's probably very little that I'm in control of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just send the information over to the team that is in control of that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when I don't, when the, when I'm not able to get my customer the phrase, a lot of times I'll preface it by saying, "Don't shoot the messenger," mm-hmm. because a I don't want to hear it because it's hard to just hear it and then just let it swiftly walk mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Like let that energy, like it's hard to hear it and let it like bypass you. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to preface it by saying, "I wasn't able to get you this, this, and this." But I was able to save you money here, there, and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of posts and read a lot in uh, conversations with guys that it helps if you replace the unfortunately and the I'm sorry with thank yous. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do that in my everyday world as well, especially in, in sales. Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, I'm sorry I couldn't get you this, this, and that, I will say, you know, thank you for your business today. And at the end of the day, even if it was a dollar higher or $100 mm-hmm. higher, you still got to see your sale. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, the customer on the other end is BSing you. Because <laughs> right. if they don't want to send over the proof that they're actually getting that price, right. then obviously they're lowballing you and they're just throwing out a number there. So you still got to come back and say, hey, I was able to get you. And a lot of times the customer will say, okay, we'll still send me two. Mm-hmm. Or if you, they had four, if they couldn't do, you know, they couldn't do the price, they'll be like, oh, two. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, you just got to allow yourself to be yourself and then allow the customer to be mm-hmm. So I think that um, I think that there is a lot of power with the law of allowing. And mm-hmm. then I think that I think that if we could, um, if we can use the, the law of allowing, the conversations we could have with people would be very different. Um, Because right now, at least from what I'm seeing on social media a lot, is it is almost constant criticism, one direction or another. Mm -hmm. And even within different groups of people, right? Um, And so, you know, I, I saw something recently that, for some reason, you know, it just got me in this place of like, oh, like I felt like I had a lot to say about it. Um, and then I did, I, I read a lot about it. And, um, you know, I almost felt, I almost felt, I almost did a Facebook Live about it. But I mm. wanted to make sure I had all the conversation about it, like all of the perspectives. And I thought about doing, you know, kind of writing an op-ed piece about it. But again, I was kind of trying to gather all the information. But basically, it was this, there were a couple different things that happened in the week that were an example of people like trying to hold people accountable and trying to like trying to educate people and raise awareness, but it was at the cost of other people. And so other people who, you know, are usually like well-intentioned allies, not enemies, so to speak, mm-hmm. if you want to distinguish the difference so like for example there was a conversation that I'm, I'm taking a big deep, deep side so I don't even know if I want to get into this but um, I had an in-depth conversation with Nikki Tobias but, but um, a week or two the conversation ago, wasn't about her no 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 without no, her Nikki, about okay. this situation okay, I just want to make sure no no so um so a couple of weeks ago, there was a an interview that came out um, that was a uh, well-known feminist author who is a woman of color, who she's African, I think, and her, um, uh, I'm going to mispronounce her first name, I think it's Chimamanda okay. uh, Ngochi Adichie, and um, well-known author, feminist, has done tons of work about, I mean, just really well-known. Her books are written, you know, have been published in 30 languages. I mean, like, well-known, respected scholar about feminism. And there was, like, a 64-second clip (laughs) of an interview that was done in the UK in which the interviewer asked her a question about trans women. And, like, Uh mm mm-hmm. And basically asked, 
like, is your, is the journey to womanhood uh, important? Like, it does it matter how you got to being a woman? Basically, like, are trans women women? Mm-hmm. Right. So, first of all, that's a real effed up question in the first place. Mm-hmm. In the first degree. Like, to, to begin with. Like, let's just stop there. Like, what did you really mm-hmm. just ask me? A. But, B, her response was not really the most, um, I don't even know what the word is that I want to say. It, it wasn't inclusive for trans women, really. Okay. Now, it, it, she did not specifically say, no, they're not. Okay. She's not a trans woman. No, she's not a trans woman. Okay. She did not specifically say, no, they're not. But her response was, I think that trans women are trans women. And she continued in explaining why she said that, like in the 64-second clip basically stating that she felt um, that, um, you know, trans women have a different experience than women who are assigned female at birth, right? Like they, this idea that they grow up being raised male and experiencing male privilege that cisgender women don't experience. And so she said, I have a hard time, you know, accepting that I can equate this experience with that experience. All of which are probably true statements to some degree. I mean, yeah. there are certainly young young trans women who who have transitioned young and were raised mostly as a girl. But I didn't feel like anything she said was necessarily false, right? Mm-hmm. But it also was not like why wouldn't you have just answered? I would have answered that question. Of course, trans women are women. Like they're trans trans women are women just like any other women are women. Mm-hmm. Like there are lots of different kinds of women. And trans women are women, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, but she did not clearly say, yes, trans women are women. She also didn't clearly say trans women are not women, but she said trans women are trans women. So there was a lot of um, inter... Like walking uh, a fine line. It, there was a lot of in- interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> interpretation okay. that went on. Very right? abstract. It's not very abstract. It, there was a lot of interpretation that went on. And like I said, to be fair, do I think she said the right thing? No, not necessarily. And some folks really grilled her. I mean, just crucified her about it. Trans women grilled well, her? Cisgender? Mostly, the, the the loudest voices were trans women of color. Okay, of course. You know, exactly. understandably. And at the same time, you know, what what struck me was, yes, this woman had, had said something that was not inclusive. Mm-hmm. And yes, she could have said it differently. She also wrote after lots of people got really upset about what she said, she wrote a clarifying piece, kind of explaining further why she kind of stated things the way that she said and kind of said, you know, perhaps I should have said it differently. Perhaps I should have said this. Okay. And people still dismiss that. So for me, um, it was a good illustration of how sometimes we can focus so much on our differences and take issue with someone who, is what somebody last week I met with lunch I met, met with at lunch we were discussing this and I liked the way they put it <clears throat> kind of rather than somebody who was like a faulty ally right mm-hmm. like because I would consider this woman in in most cases and even in the way that she talked about in, in her clarify clarification about trans women it, it seemed to me and I'm not all that familiar with her work I'm familiar with her name I know she's got a lot of great books but I haven't read her work but it's in and it seemed to me from the voices of the trans women who disagreed with her, that they respected her otherwise. Like, mm-hmm. to this point, she is someone who had been a leader in feminism, et cetera. So, so you expected her to say more? Well, 
Well, I think they expected her to, to, to do it perfectly right, right? I, and so when she misstepped and said, said it in a way that was not inclusive and that was problematic, admittedly, it was like everybody wanted to string her up, like it, that she was done. Like they were, you know, and, and so what was problematic to me about that is how do we have, like this is a woman who seemingly has been an ally mm-hmm. and there's been this one misstep and now it's like, nope, she's done, <laughs> you know, whereas you have people who are out there who are, you know, outwardly transphobic, outwardly calling, you know, trans women men, outwardly, you know, violent, like you have people who are clearly anti-trans women. And it felt like this woman was getting no more, no more respect than, than those folks. Mm-hmm. Like she had literally, and, and that, that was eye-opening for me and, and kind of frustrating because it felt like if we're going to dismiss anyone who does it just wrong, just not quite right, then we're never going to be able to have conversations because, you know, it's, it's like it's similarly earlier um, this week, just yesterday, I think maybe my husband had posted, he listens to Joel Osteen mm-hmm. on, on Sirius radio and, you know, Joel Osteen, like he's probably the most, like the most positive inclusive person I've heard in terms of like a religious person mm-hmm. ever. Like I never hear him talk about anything negative. You never hear him talk about sin. You never mm-hmm. hear him talk about the devil. You never hear him talk about evil. Like it's all this encouraging, uplifting, like almost law of attraction-y kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? And so Ethan had heard this message on the way home and had posted the the message number yeah. and, and, and was, you know, like, oh, this is a great, and was like heaven is cheering for you. That was kind of mm-hmm. like the message of the thing. And someone immediately, the first comment was, Joel Olstein is really transphobic. And Ethan's response to him was, I don't care. Like, because what I care about is that I can hear the message of God, and that's important to me. And, um, you know, like, that's what the important thing is. And the person's response to that was, you know, something about, well, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't care or or something, maybe you should keep his transphobic bullshit off of, you know, whatever. And now it was on Ethan's page. So like that person came to his page Mm -hmm. to comment about that, right? Yeah, right. So the interesting thing about it was one, he could have kept scrolling. Like Mm -hmm. you can be like, "Mm, not a fan of Joel, keep it moving. But that would have been law of allowing, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, not my thing. Going to keep it moving. Don't have to engage. Right, don't have to engage. The second thing was, I have never, I even tried to do a search after that because I, I don't know if Joel Stan is transphobic because I've never heard him talk about the matter. Yeah, right? I like, I've never heard that. I never heard that either. So I went and tried to search. Like maybe there's something, maybe there's this interview somewhere I don't know about or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I started well, to try said to, something or quote, misquoted something right. or something. Right. And so I kind of tried to look anyway. But ultimately it came back to me that that's, a, that's kind of a moot point. And this was the comment I left on because Ethan ended up doing a video about it. And the comment I left was about, here's the thing. You know, I don't know if Joel Osteen is transphobic. I, I don't know. I've heard, never heard him talk about it. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. What I do know is that I've never heard him say any negative thing about anybody. Like okay. the sermons that I've heard him preach have all been about how God's love is for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. He's never specifically excluded anyone. And, um, but my point was, here's the thing. Even if he is transphobic, does that automatically, like, dismiss? every other positive good thing he's ever put out in the world. No. Right? No. Like we can't, it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater or something like that, right? It's the same thing. And I feel like that was what was happening with this woman. 
too. Like she'd done all this work. She didn't had all this respect and she made one misstep and we're going to throw her out. So I say all this to say, this is a whole lot of different examples, but my point is that we refuse to allow people to be where they're at. Yeah. Like because she made that misstep, we want to crucify and say how terrible of a person is she is because she got it wrong and this, that, and the other thing. We're a better way to do that, especially with someone who's already apparently an ally, would be like, can we engage and have a conversation so I can understand where you're coming from? Because if I can understand where you're coming from, and then maybe you might want to understand where I'm coming from, then we might actually find some common ground. Like it might lead to a conversation where she says, wow, yeah, that was really problematic. You know, Mm -hmm. like I didn't realize how that sounded, or I didn't realize yeah, that's kind of a messed up perspective, so, right? So sit around and listen to some – actually listen to somebody else's perspective on how they interpreted the message rather than just being quick to write somebody off. Because right. They didn't say they didn't say the specific thing that you expected them to say. Mm-hmm. But they also didn't say the opposite necessarily. But there was, there was a lot of reading into it, right? Like mm-hmm. it was like you didn't say the trans women are women, so you don't think they are. But she didn't that's say that case, I don't think – well, I mean, I don't know if it's the case. But that's not the point. The point is – there's not an opportunity for a conversation. So where we're at in our country right now, so divisive, right? Like either you were for Hillary or you were for Trump, right? Like there was no in-between, which we know that wasn't the case because there were lots of people in between because lots of people voted for someone else, yeah. which, you know, impacted the outcome too. So, you know, but we are very divided about that and so divided that it's like we can't even have a conversation with somebody on the other side of the issue. Right, no, like, because that goes back to the conversations with God, that there's always this or that. Like, if yes. I'm wrong, that means you're you, right. Yes. And you're, if you're right, that means I'm wrong. wrong. But that's yes. not the case at all. Yes. It's okay, and, and you don't have to, like, just because I understand this, A, doesn't mean I agree with it. And it's okay to agree to disagree. Yes. And then let's figure out the solution rather than focusing on the problem. Right. Understanding does not equal agreement. Yes. But I think, again, we live in a world where people don't really believe that. Like, people mm-hmm. think, if I listen and I understand you, then I might have to agree with you, and I'm not going to go there. And Or think that you're right. And that right. means I don't have to be wrong. Right. Right. And I am not wrong. I am not wrong. Right. My mother is never wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I think that, um, like, this this idea of the law of allowing is really the key Mm -hmm. to bringing us together. Because in order to change hearts and minds, you have to go in without the intention of changing hearts and minds. Like, you know, one of the things I was talking about is this book that I was working on is this idea of interviewing people who are opposed, like have an opposite, you know, position than I do, or people who don't. And find out why? Yeah, just understand why. Like, okay. I, like I want to interview people who, for whatever reason, take issue with LGBT. People. And then write a book about it? Yeah. Like, I want to have a dialogue with them. Like, I, want, I don't know how I'm going to find these people. Right? <laughs> I, I can think but, of one right off the bat. But, but they have to be people who are willing to have a conversation with me. They have to okay. be people who are willing to listen okay. and be open to new information. Because my, my thought Even if they don't agree or understand. Right, 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 right. My thought is, you know, if I can have a conversation with somebody who thinks, you know, I'm going to hell because I don't identify as straight, right? Mm-hmm then if I can have a conversation with them, a calm conversation, a disarming, diplomatic conversation, 
where I really go in with the only intention, the only intention of understanding how they see things. Then, so take yourself. Yes, out. taking myself out of the equation and just really with no intention of changing their mind, with no intention of telling them they're wrong or changing their values, I may offer them information that may be incongruent with what they know, but not with the intention of changing their mind, but with the intention of understanding whether they were aware of that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, yeah. So, like, you know, for example, if we're talking about the bathroom issue. Oh, yeah. Right. And people have all kinds of opinions about the bathroom issue. And if so, if the person's issue is, you know, well, I'm worried about my kid getting molested in the bathroom, whatever, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, the information I might offer to them might be, you know, do you know that there's zero cases of that? Like, there's no, there have been no charges against trans people for assaulting people in the bathroom. Like, do you know that? And not, not with the intention of saying you're wrong or you shouldn't fear about that, but do you know that information? Okay. Because if you know that information, if you didn't know that information, I understand why you were fearful, right? Okay. If you do know that information, then maybe we can talk a little bit more about what makes you, what makes you fear that. It, with this information, if you know that that's never happened, then where does that fear come from? So you want to break like, the fear wall down. Yeah, I want to have a conversation about why you think what you think. Because most of us, a lot of times, don't really, I think, know why we think what we think. I want to have those conversations. This is why I went into radio. Like, you know how many times I've told people, I just want to know why a person thinks the way they do? Yeah. Because yeah. to me, that's what radio is all about. Like, just to have that dialogue. Then maybe we need to start having guests on the show with us that will yeah. sit down with us or call us up and yeah. we have a dialogue like a round table discussion mm-hmm. so we purposely set our intentions to go to and to, understand yeah to look for people that have different views okay. than we do different opinions than we do and we have those discussions to try to understand their perspective mm-hmm. and why the way why do they think the way that they do because mm-hmm. that has been somewhat of my intention mm-hmm. as to have a show, to have a show like that. Right. Well, and the thing is that it's on both sides of the issue, right? Yeah. Like nobody is want, is trying to do that with the other side of the issue. Mm-hmm. Like liberals are not trying to understand conservatives. No. <laughs> not at all. Why and, put our energy there? When and I feel like conservatives probably are not trying to understand liberals, really. You know, mm-hmm. like, because there's, they're, they're just, we have very different perspectives about things and about how things are supposed to be, and we think that nobody's going to listen. Mm-hmm. But somebody has to, like, we've got to find a way to find the common ground. And I think that the law of allowing is the key to it, like, allowing people to be where they're at, to believe what they believe, to, you know, feel how they feel, and help me understand what that's all about. And I think that in the process of doing that, Although the intention, my intention would not be to shift people's perspective about it. I think mm-hmm. that it's inevitable that something's going to shift one way or another. Like, if nothing else, there's going to be something where they go, wow, I didn't really realize that. Mm-hmm. You I know, didn't like, know that about my Yeah. See, that's the hardest part mm-hmm. is that people would rather bury that mm-hmm. about themselves than bring that to light. Because mm-hmm. then if you bring it to light, people automatically think, well, I'm wrong, I'm bad, or, like, I didn't even know that about myself. And then you start to, like, have, like, all these, like, negative feelings because mm-hmm. then the one, your one true authentic 
self will start to appear. Mm-hmm. And what if you somewhat know that about yourself, but you don't want to be that mm-hmm. because all your life you've, you've been, been taught that that was bad or that was wrong or yeah. that was sinful or that and the other. So then they throw all what they think about is bad onto somebody else. And kind of like what you're saying now is kind of getting me in a thought that's a little off the subject, but I kind of want to say it because mm-hmm. it kind of illustrates how like anybody who has an identity that is not the mainstream, it's really kind of a spiritual experience mm-hmm. because ultimately, and again, you know, LGBT identity is an easy mm-hmm. example of this because society tells us no about all of those things, mm-hmm. right? It all, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. And yet there is a truth about who people are, like we, being our authentic selves. And so getting at what you're talking about, about the fear of like knowing something about yourself but not wanting that to be the sick case because everybody's told you that it's not okay. Yeah. So when people come through that, experience of coming out, whether it's, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, especially transgender, I think, that is truly, like, I feel like those folks are just truly, like, highly evolved spiritual beings, because whether we're realizing it or not, we're having an experience where we are connecting with our true selves and walking in that truth, despite the pressure from society mm-hmm. to, to conform. Well, yeah, because it's easier to go with the status quo yeah. than and just do and be in this lived experience that everybody expects you to be in mm-hmm. rather than kind of going against the grain and just living in your true authentic self. Mm-hmm. Because, no, I mean, like, yeah. that's just too much. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's a lot of really unhappy people in the world. Mm, yes. So yeah, sorry. I agree. No, I agree. Yes. Sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent. But um, I think the other thing I wanted to say about the the law of allowing is that there is a difference between allowing and tolerating. Yes. Right? So um, a lot of times people think they're allower if they allow people to just be who they are and whatever, mind their business, and that's fine. But they still feel some kind of negative way about it or just Yeah, like you right? can't feel a negative way because then that energy is actually tolerating. Yes, and tolerating is uncomfortable. It's not allowing, right, mm-hmm. and it's a negative energy. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea behind the law of allowing is when you are truly an allower, you will experience no negative emotion. Can you imagine that? <laughs> no. Here, here we go. If I say I can't imagine it, then it's going to my world that I can't imagine it. But I'm going to flip the script, Jennifer, and I'm going to say, yes, I can't imagine it. Because it, it's very hard to practice. I'll be true and honest with you there. But it, it can happen, and here's, here's how I know it can happen. So that we had a huge meeting at the top rep of our company and the top rep of our sister company. And the top rep in our company, he just stands there like, you know, the force of nature all day long with his great hair. And he just punches out sales after sale after sale after sale all day, every day, all month long. And so he got up there and did his, you know, 20-minute speech. And in his speech, he talked about I just don't let any negative energy, like, come into my world. Like, 
come into my cubicle pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I push out everything negative. I don't focus on any of that. Mm-hmm. And if I can't get what I want, I keep it moving. I don't focus on that. I don't let that bring me down. Yeah. I don't focus on any negative energy throughout my day. Mm-hmm. And the top breath. <laughs> so, yes. And, yeah. and the interesting thing is, is that I think about this all the time. I'm like, I wonder if he practices all of these laws and realizes it. Mm-hmm. Because or if it's just his or frame of mind. Yeah. yeah, if it's just his frame of mind. But if he does realize it, if he, if he doesn't realize it and I can show him or I can have a conversation with him, just imagine how much right. more the rep can do if he like deliberately realizes yeah. all of this. Well, and it sounds like the thing is he is deliberately creating. Like he's making, he is deliberately choosing what he focuses on. He's he's oh, yeah. doing it whether he knows what the thing is or not. He's doing. That's what I wonder. Does he know what the thing is? Yeah, I mean, it's like it sounds like he does know, but he may not use the same language. Or he might. Who knows? If you had a conversation with him, you might talk about the law of attraction. But he clearly knows what he's what he's doing. He's clearly focusing on the things that are you know positive and the things that are like bringing him. Like he doesn't get bogged down in negativity and and that's the thing. Like. You know, and so part of the one of the things that they talk about um, that Abraham talks about is, you know, well, what about helping others? Like people say, well, should I not help others then? Because, like, if I'm focused on, you know, the positive, but there's this other injustice happening, like, how am I supposed to just, you know, ignore that and 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 focus on what's joyful for me or whatever. And so um, I actually wrote this down specifically because I really wanted to be able to catch the verbiage exactly. Um, let me see. It's right here. Yeah. It basically talked about, um, they basically talked about realizing that, and this gets at the co-creating thing, right? Realizing mm-hmm. that we all attract our own experience. Um, and recognizing, like, what your participation in that could look like. So they talk about, like, with helping others, if you're intending to be of assistance to somebody who's having a bad situation, right, who's down on their luck, who's, you know, whatever it is, if you're intending to be of assistance to them, they say your focus has to be on the assistance and not on the trouble, Oh, yeah. So you can't be, so if I sit down with you and you're like, oh, my gosh, this totally sucks, you know, this is terrible, and I sit down with you and go, oh, gosh, yeah, that's terrible. Oh, my gosh, that's horrible. And I keep talking with you about, like, empathizing and, or sympathizing about that. I'm feeding that negative energy. I'm continuing to help you to miscreate in your life. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I focus on a solution, if, yeah. I helped, if I help to focus on the solution rather than to dwell on the problem, then I am assisting you into, like, creating you know a different situation um and you know that like because when i'm looking when i'm talking with you about the problem i'm feeling negative too yeah right because i'm feeling like oh this is horrible yeah it's just a negative circle right but if i'm looking at the solution then i'm feeling positive because we're feeling hopeful like Mm -hmm. oh well this could be you know we could do this or we could do that or whatever um and so so that's an important thing but there was one in particular where they were talking about um, you know, really focusing on that when you're helping when you're helping someone else, it doesn't mean that you can't also be an uplifter. So they say that um, 
you can uplift others, not through your words or your sympathy about the negative situation, but rather you can uplift them by being something different yourself. So by the power and clarity of your own example, as you live a life of health and prosperity, you help to inspire or increase, increase others' aspirations. And you will uplift them when what is in your heart feels good to you. So the idea is, like, again, talking with you and sympathizing with you is not going to feel good because we're going to be talking about the bad thing, mm-hmm. right? But if I'm talking with you about a possible solution, then we're okay. feeling in a, in a better, more positive position. But also, if I am living an example of maybe I've been through a similar problem that you're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. And if you see me get through that experience in a way that comes out, you know, that works out well, then that's an example to you to aspire to be able to have a similar kind of outcome. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not exactly the same, but you're able to see that I had a positive outcome, so you can have a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of um, the thing that they talked about. But I can't find the maybe, – maybe on next week's show we'll talk about it. Um, I can't find the language specifically about – they specifically talked about um, kind of reacting to, you know, injustices happening to other people and how – like how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And, that. and that to me speaks to a lot of the things that are happening in our country because there are a lot of injustices happening everywhere every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding how those things are created mm-hmm. and understanding what our role could be in helping to shift that so that those things don't continue to happen. And I think that, that that's an important that's an important, like, we're kind of at an impasse in our country where we've got to figure out, like, how do we do things differently? You know, how do we focus our energy? You know, how do we take care of ourselves enough that we can live a life that impacts others in a positive way? Well, we would have to impact our own selves in a positive way. First. First, yes. Before we can put out that positivity to other people like we have to have our own light within ourselves Mm -hmm. so bright that we believe in ourselves before it would ever shine to anybody else Mm -hmm. like you just have to you just have to believe it Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what language you use you just have to believe it that's just like i thought about this throughout the week you know a lot of people asked me years ago well if you had a radio show what would it be Mm-hmm. And I didn't know right away. And then it came to me that LGBTQ mm-hmm. would be the focus of the show, mm-hmm. no matter what. And it was there. Mm-hmm. And then we did that together for several years. And now, moving forward, how could we, A, do a different show, but B, still include that? And mm-hmm. what would the ultimate picture look like? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I would love to use the universal law to, to drive and create a more inclusive world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what it's all. That mm-hmm. we, and in order to do that, we have to share our lived experiences and understand everyone's differences rather than focusing on the differences. But let's learn from each other's differences rather than putting each other down for each other's differences. Well, and that's what we're all kind of here for is to figure out how to be allowers and ultimately I mean in theory again ultimately when we are when we can all be allowers or or even those of us who can be allowers will experience freedom and joy and Mm -hmm. 
um, if we can all figure it out, this world will be completely different. Well, yeah, because I'm at a place now where I knowingly can practice the law of deliberate creation. It has set for, I've been doing the law of attraction and now can do the law of deliberate creation. And even more so right now, I constantly have to practice the law of allowing, which means, especially with my company, I have to allow each department to do whatever they're going to do because at, at the end of the day, I'm in pharmaceuticals, and we all know that they're all corrupt and it's only going to lead down to the pharmaceutical company. So pushing back is not going to help me get the answer. I now just have to allow, like I even told my direct manager this the other day, I'm like, look, all I can do is practice the law of deliberate creation, the law of attraction, and now I really have to focus on the law of allowing because I have to allow everybody in every department be who they are because if I don't, then I'm focusing on what they're not doing. Therefore, it's going to bring what I don't want into my world. Yes. <laughs> and I have a tangent about pharmaceuticals that I won't get into. <laughs> but, but it could go with corporate America. Because yes, I, yes, and if you go with corporate America, yes. but I, I, I probably know your tangent, which is where I'm at too. Because at the end of the day, it allows me to increase my income, but I don't believe in the world. Therefore, it allows me to do what I need to do to create the dream wedding and create the dream mm-hmm. house, and I can focus on the, the income driving, and that's all it really is. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's not where my heart is. Mm-hmm. Which is like a whole other creation conversation. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't realize that when I started this. I right. thought, oh, wow, this will finally be the position that I can grow in right. if the radio thing never works out. But that's the but problem. But that's the problem. When you have a plan B, no, when I'm, you have a plan B, it becomes your plan A. Which I am, have now realized mm-hmm. over the last year that I can make all the money in the world at this position using the three universal laws. But at the end of the day, it shouldn't be a settlement. Well, and because also ultimately it's not what lights you up. No, it's not what lights me up. I mean, all day today, my sister was like, oh, how's it going? I'm like, it's great. It's Friday. It's promotion day. I get to do my show at the end of the, at the, end of the day. And they're like, oh, what's that? And I, you know, organically got to plug the show in to all of my customers most of the day. And, you know what I mean, my coworkers were like, oh, how's it going? I'm like, I got better things to do. I got to go talk about the universe mm-hmm. more. I got to go speak about how I am driving all these sales. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there's a book that comes to mind. I might have to loan it to you. I have it upstairs. Um, it's called, I don't know if I'm going to get the title. You told me that. I don't know if I'm going to get the title thing. exactly right. The difference between should and must or something like that. Maybe it was a different one. Um, and it's this whole idea about what it, it was written by this woman who, you know, had was doing what you're doing, going to the job that she should go to, to pay the rent, to, you know, pay the bills, to do whatever. Um, but realizing, like, at some point, her passion was her must. Like, when yep. it came down to, like, the difference between should and must. And, and she, or I, think, I think it might be called choosing between should and must. Oh, and this okay. idea of, like... You know, because ultimately, and again, if you've read, you've read Conversations with God, mm-hmm. and ultimately, the whole purpose of the whole purpose of our lived experience is to 
be in this physical experience and experience joy and experience, like live life experience. So life is short, oh, yeah. right? So we didn't come into this live experience to pay bills, you know, and to make enough money mm-hmm. to pay bills, to, you know, buy a car that gets us to work so we can work to pay bills on a house that we spend no time in because we're at work, right? <laughs> like, it's all, yeah. It's all comes full. It's like a, it's like a hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of folks I realize, you know, listening might think, oh, well, that's really idealistic, though. Like, not everybody can just do what they want to do, but but they ultimately can. we can. And, and, and again, I speak from experience and knowing that it's not just that easy, right? Like, for three and a half years, I've been trying to build a business. But I haven't. But I say trying to build a business in air quotes because I have let myself be in a place of fear mm-hmm. and thinking the same thing. Like, how can I possibly – have this dream job of going out and speaking and getting paid to do that. Well, lots of people do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, lots of people do that probably when they didn't even necessarily set their intention. Right. But their, their desire was so high that it just came to them whether they were looking for it or not. Different. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we have the power to create the life experience that we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing. But that's the thing that most of us don't understand. Mm-hmm. So, um, and part of that, I do think a key part of that is the law of allowing because we live in a world where people don't want to allow people to be who they are or allow people to do the things that make them happy or allow people to <clears throat> follow their passion. We want to criticize people. Oh, we yeah. want to tell our kids. You have to go to college because you won't make any money if you don't, right? Um, We want to tell people when they go to college, you can't go to, you know, I remember going to school, I wanted to study dance. That's what I love to do. That's my Mm -hmm. passion. I love to dance. And, you know, I was the first kid in my family to go to college. And, you know, my parents, Mm -hmm. bless their hearts, were like, "Uh, yeah, no, you need a real degree, (laughs) right? Like, you you can't get a degree in dance. Well, what's a real degree anyway? Right. Right. But that was the thing. Like, you Mm -hmm. need to get a degree in something that you can actually do. I think a lot of people think that way, especially Mm -hmm. parents, and because statistics show that a person who graduates college compared to a person that graduates high school is like a hundred times higher to be guaranteed a higher income. I don't know about that now though. I'd have to see what those statistics are now. That was certainly the case when I was in school. I was, when I was in school. But I mean, now you literally have people with PhDs mm-hmm. and doctorate degrees who are on our assistants, are on assistants mm-hmm. because they can't, you know, they're not being paid, you know, faculty members who aren't being paid what they're worth. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, it, it's all, it's all kind of relative, you know, mm-hmm. but my point is that, uh, you know, the, the pressure of doing the right thing of going to school and getting an education or going into military, like whatever the pressure is, like we live in a world where people want to tell people how to live their lives or, you know, paint a picture of what the right thing to do is and, and want to paint the picture that that's the right thing for everybody to do. Right. That, you know, the right thing to do is for every kid come out of high school to go to college. Well, we're all right? different though. So <clears throat> my right thing might not be your right thing. Exactly. And vice versa. Exactly. My right thing might be completely different than you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But my right thing may be your wrong thing if we're going to use those, right. those definitions. Right. As, in conversations with God, mm-hmm. you know. So I was going to go into how I manifest. You had spoken about your know, oh, Facebook yeah, Live right. a lot about, or a long time, or a while ago, about um, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Meditate to the golden path. Mm-hmm. And it's 
so I gravitated towards it. You uh, brought into your everyday world the object of the pink rubber ball. Mm-hmm. So I have been bound and determined to do this too because, my gosh, the universe is going to show me that I'm on the right path. <laughs> so for weeks I um, meditated that a yo-yo was going to come out of my world. Nope, not happening. So then I changed it up and I pushed it away and I confused the universe. Mixed signals, yes. I didn't know it at the time until I had a conversation with, with you, Jennifer. So then I thought of, okay, tennis ball. Nope, nope, that didn't work. So then I was like, okay, finally I'm going to focus on the, the marble. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have a question for you. <laughs> how long did you try to, like, for a minute, minute, how long did you try to manifest a yo-yo before you gave up? Maybe, I don't know, a couple weeks. And how about the tennis ball? A couple weeks. Okay. It just it wasn't happening. And and for the while there, I kept focusing on the lack of without even realizing it. Uh-huh. So that was probably a part of the problem that I was pushing it away because I was focusing on where's the sign, where's the sign that wasn't there. Right. So then I decided to marble. I took it a step further and on my affirmations, posted note that I have like four or five of them in a cubicle in my cubicle now. It's all I stare at all day long, especially when I'm not generating the sales. Than it needs to be. Um, I wrote it on my affirmations post-it note, and I eventually was watching a great show of ours, and they were talking about the mousetrap game, childhood game of mine. So came back to the childhood, and the marble had to be dropped down in order to start the game. Mm-hmm. So I kind of felt like I couldn't physically touch it or feel it, but the marble was in my sight. So I was like, okay, there, there's a little, a little bit. You know what I mean? So then I thought, okay, in the meantime, I had meditated and came up with the ping pong ball. Gosh, that ping pong ball was coming to my world. <laughs> I, was, I was doing it. So, I don't know, a few days had gone by, and my fiance and I decided to meet some friends up at the bar for St. Patrick's Day without any intention to drink or anything like that. Not only did I see the ping pong ball, but the universe brought me the whole ping pong table. <laughs> I was like, Okay, you never got ping pong. You are, yeah, the bar, and I had no idea that the bar had ping pong, and they had pool tables and all that. We never played. I wanted mm-hmm. to play, but we never played. But, man, I watched that ping pong table all night long. So I, what's the next thing you're going to manifest? I don't know yet, because I haven't gotten that far. Because I, I think about that as I fall asleep now, though, before uh-huh. I even meditated. Um, I thought about maybe, like, red tickets or tiger tickets. That's a good idea. Uh, right? Because I want something big, bigger this mm-hmm. time. I want the castle. Mm-hmm. So the ping pong ball, like, I don't know, it flies off the table when some kids are playing, and I reach over, or I glance over as I'm on my way to the restroom, there's the ping pong ball. So I, I naturally pick it up, I've got it in my sights, and I go to the bathroom, there's a penny on the ground, so I kind of felt that, okay, there was universal sign. So now, I don't know, I don't know, maybe a week or so goes by, and we're in this little, like, corporate kind of meeting where the speaker gets up, and I've spoken about this earlier, and the tap speaker of our sister company says, hey, when I'm having a rough day, I go in the break room and I play ping pong. <laughs> That's funny. And I was just like, oh, okay, universe, okay. I'm, I'm doing it right. I so must be still doing it about ping pong. So, yeah. Okay. So, and I had wrote, just like the marble, I had written ping pong on one of my broadcasting affirmations. You know, I'm a successful broadcaster and, mm-hmm. you know, my successful, my success is coming to me. I'm a money magnet. So I lay at night, and I haven't meditated yet since then, and I'm trying to, like, like 
doing that pre-paving before yeah. I even meditate, what am I going to bring into my – so I'm like, is it going to be an inexpensive object, an inexpensive <laughs> object? Where am I going to find like, – I'm thinking all these things before I go to bed for, like, the last couple of days. And then this was pretty – this was another kind of great affirmation as to I'm on the right path. So one of my, like, great loyal customers of mine, we speak almost every single day. She buys several days a week. Um, she and I had spoke, spoken earlier in the week and it was just, I just made my day, like it just brightened my soul. And she goes, Hey, can you get this item at this price? And I said, no, I probably won't be able to. I'll still try. Let me see what I can do. We're on a contracted price. We just can't do it. So I said, look, if you buy on the web, you get that extra 1% off. It's going to bring it 30 cents closer to where you need to be. And she goes, no, Kristen. I would rather buy it with you over the phone and spend a little extra money because I'm addicted to your voice. <laughs> and I just, man, I'm not going to lie. The ego was like, Whoosh, you know, because, A, I don't really care if you sound my own voice. B, I'm, you know, I'm broadcaster at heart. That is my passion. And I just, you know, I just found it very interesting that, yeah, management is trying to drive sales on the web, but she would rather spend time with me on the phone because we have that great business relationship. And, of course, I naturally plugged in very organically. Well, if you'd like to listen to me anytime <laughs> you'd like to, you can listen to Jennifer Miracle Best and I on Blog Talk Radio on Call Me Crazy live, 830 to 1030. Can't catch us live because she's uh, Central Time. She's out in Louisiana. Um, you can listen to the podcast. And she was literally right then and there. She Googled Blog Talk Radio and was like, oh, which one are you? And, oh, Jennifer well, is on the other side. So I told her I'd give her a shout out, right? Thanks, thanks, Anne. And she goes, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm very discreet. I don't even have my picture on Facebook. <laughs> well, I'd like to tell our listeners that that same customer spent the most she's ever spent with me, was my highest order of the day, helped me get to my probably highest day of sales, and it was wonderful today. So that it was just, yeah, I thought it was very interesting that, you know, and all week long she, it was interesting because all week long she and I both had multiple conversations that she was going to do a big order with me on Friday, Mm -hmm. the order size promotion day. I had the intention of, okay, you've kind of been putting off your items all week long. You'll probably just do between two and three grand, two and three grand which is what she ended up. Oh, no, this woman had her intention set. She did over nine grand with me today alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, there, there it is. That's, that's great. That's awesome. I'm super excited about it. I posted it on Facebook. I told, like, all my coworkers about it. They all had a great laugh and a chuckle. And I just – for me, I kind of felt the universe was telling me I'm on the right path. I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of how I looked at. It. Like, yes, don't get me wrong. It was it was. I even texted her and told her I was like, I'm so flattered. Thank you so much. Blah blah blah. And she's like, You have so much energy. You're amazing. You're the hardest working person I know. And like, giving me like all these compliments that I wasn't even expecting mm-hmm. because sometimes she can be a stickler mm-hmm. on prices, mm-hmm. but it's worth it at the end. It's mm-hmm. completely worth it. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of a lot of things for her, sometimes without the intention of getting it back, because mm-hmm. I know when I do get it back, it's going to be on that bigger scale. Which well, is- and that's the thing is we, you know, have to do things. Like, I kind of like going back to the conversation that I was having about, or that I was talking about having about doing things without an intention yes. of receiving anything. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, have a pure intention mm-hmm. um, in order to really connect with people. 
And then you have to do so. things without expecting anything in return. Right. Which are literally like a natural relationship. Mm-hmm. Although most people <laughs> don't have that going on. But um, so, yeah. So, and then on top of all that, outside of all of that, I'm watching the newer show on TV and literally twice by two different uh, people on the show, they spoke the words like the universe. Mm-hmm. So I know that there's people out there know about this, but they may not, they may, I feel like a lot of people are on the cusp. Like well, there, are, there still there can be some many, 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 many people right now who are waking up to this. Like, I mean, that's even some of the language that's used. I mm-hmm. think it's about the awakening and like people are really waking up to this idea that we are all energy and that we're all connected and, um, you know, as, as unhappy as most of us are about where our country is right now, I, it took me a while to get there, but I believe that it kind of is a place that we had to be. Like we kind of had to get to this place in order for people to do things differently and for us to like take our planet to the next level in terms mm-hmm. of vibration. Um, it kind Where of had to you be have to hit rock bottom. Yeah. Like we were in this place of, excuse me, people thinking like you have to, we've got to do things differently because even prior to this, president we were in a place where things felt a whole lot better yeah a lot better mm-hmm. and there were still a lot of issues there mm-hmm. were still a lot of things that weren't being addressed there were still like it was just comfortable enough mm-hmm. right but we still had huge race issues in our country we have you know concerns about you know um you know islamophobia all of that mm-hmm. it's just like now it's been turned up right like everything is scary but that's right the now. thing though i have heard from a lot of people that they voted for trump with the intention and the onset of we they didn't want another politician yeah, in they office they, they wanted run. a businessman so they felt that by voting for trump it would shake it up it would be different mm-hmm. and it is, it is different, different. <laughs> it is. i well, don't know if it's different in the way that they anticipated it would be exactly so exactly yeah so do you feel that this is now the universe like making people redirect their thought and energy into, okay, yeah, it's different, but this isn't the difference that we I wanted. Think, uh, yeah, I think it's pushing people into There's actually a really great, um, I shared that with you, gosh, about a month or two ago. Um, there's a really great YouTube uh, recording of Abraham talking about this specifically. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Abraham Hicks, they do different events, and somebody was asking the question, and it was this idea of, like, you know, I think I think if, things have to like kind of break down, right? Mm-hmm. Like things have to, um, it, it kind of got at this, that whole idea that I've shared a couple of times about how everybody voted out of fear. Yes. Everyone, whether they voted for him or for anyone else, they were voting out of fear. You know, that the other person might win. So they've got to not, not that the other person no. might win. Well, not, it wasn't about the other person winning. It was about what they'd lose if the other person won. Oh, okay. So like if I voted for, Hillary, I voted for Hillary thinking, you know, that all of our rights as women, oh, as okay. you know, LGBT people, yeah. as, you know, all of those things were going to go away. Well, people who voted for Trump were afraid that the liberals were going to take their guns and, you know, were illegalized or something about abortion. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they were worried about losing their values mm-hmm. in the same way we were worried about losing things. So everybody, everybody voted, in my opinion, everyone voted from a, a place of fear. And Abraham Hicks kind of talks about that mm-hmm. in that piece about how you know, it, it ultimately came down to 
like a lot of fear and, and that, that it's not like the end of the world, but it is putting us in a place of having to reframe and figure out how to move forward and how to make things different. So because of a lot of people voting in fear, now a lot of people are living in fear. Yeah. So well, that, everybody voted in fear. Right. And now pretty much almost everybody is living in fear, right? right? Because even people who So that law of attraction just... Yeah. Yeah. So but it I think that manifested itself. It, it is. It is. And the people are understanding that, like, we got to do things differently. And that's why, that's why, as crazy as it sounds, I think... <laughs> it's worth exploring this idea of what if everybody pulled their energy from the government? Like what if everybody just pulled their attention and said, you know what, that's not working anymore. We're going to do what we're going to do to work some things out mm-hmm. and, so and not feed on the negative. Yeah. You can't expect the government to just change everything. We have to change first. They're not going to. No, they're not. Yeah. I mean, it's I think the government is not what the government used to be. Was the government ever like that? No. I mean, I don't know. That's a whole other show, too. Yeah, but I, I mean, show. I ultimately feel like the government in the last, you know, couple of months has become something totally different than it ever was before. Yeah. And which is precisely what people who voted for Trump wanted to happen. Like, they didn't want another politician. They wanted things to be different. They wanted him to shake it up, right? And that's and what's happening. But what's and happened, they did indeed. They did indeed. And, and the result has been terrifying. So, <laughs> but with that... Um, so, yeah, that's the law of allowing. There's a lot about the law of allowing. Law of allowing is probably going to be a common thread through a lot of our shows mm-hmm. um, as we figure out how to kind of implement it in the world. But going forward, I think next week we may talk a little bit, we may talk about prepaving and then mm-hmm. I've been kind of brainstorming some other subjects we can talk about for future shows because really you can talk about the law of attraction in just about any aspect of your life, right? Oh, God, Relationships, yeah. wealth, health, you know, all of that. So, um, so it'd be interesting to hear from people if you're on our Facebook page and you have something in particular you'd like to hear about or talk about. It can be the law of attraction. It can be any kind of spiritual woo-woo kind of thing. I have a, a good community of energetic friends who would be glad to come in and talk with us about energy. And um, I just had the opportunity today to go through a Reiki certification. So oh, I didn't know that to do Reiki today, which is super, super exciting and really awesome. Some more woo-woo. Um, so we hope that you will um, tune in next week. We'll talk about pre-paving, which is about laying the foundation and setting your intentions for creating what we want in our lives. Um, and in the meantime, we hope that if you have not followed us on, followed us on Facebook, you will um, look for Call Me Crazy and like our page. And mm-hmm. We post throughout the week there um, things that are either about our upcoming show or about what's going on. Um, check out You can check out my website at jennifermiraclebeth.com. I do public speaking about gender and sexuality and other fantastic, fabulous things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's all of the all the plugs I have tonight. Yeah, I mean, and you can go on to iTunes. I don't think we've looked on iTunes exactly to what the link looks like just yet, but you can go on to iTunes and listen. If you're an iTunes user, listen to us um, anytime you would like to listen to the podcast. Um, you can go on to blogtalk.com. You don't even have to log on or anything. You can just put Kristen in the search bar, Jennifer in the search bar, and uh, our shows pop up. Uh, listen to us at 10.30. This has been Kristen Casey and Jennifer Miracle Best on Call Me Crazy.
I was 